It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cark McCross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark McCross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark McCross or CarkMcCrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch. We have a lovely show for you today. Think about this. You know, if you're into your wine, Rick Cronje is here to recommend for the Easter. Margaret Madden's here with Book Club and she has lovely recommendations. And we have our gift pack of books to give away. It's fabulous. And we're going to be talking about food for the next while. And we have other people joining us as well through the next couple of hours. If you do want to get in touch with us, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. You can call in on 1850 now, on previous occasions, I've always enjoyed the company of my first guest today. Chef Adrian Martin is back as his second book is published, which he says aims to teach us how to cook restaurant standard food at home. Adrian, so good to see you again. Good to see you, Jerry. Thanks for having me in. I love coming in here. It's deadly. And I love you when you come here as well because you're just so full of joy and life. And what a brilliant man he is when it comes to food. I have to say this to you. Uh, when I look at the book, it's brilliant. The pictures are fabulous. The, re- yeah. the recipes are wonderful. But when I looked at them, I said to myself, honestly, Adrian, is it possible for the likes of me and the <laughs> listeners today to do this? I know, yeah. The first glance is a bit daunting. So it is. It is actually because it's, it is, uh, it is restaurant standard food, you know? Mm. And it is, uh, you know, it is that little bit more technical. But when when you look, when you break down a recipe and it's broken down for you in the yes. book, and when you look through it, you actually go, that's actually doable, you mm. know? And that's actually not overly a hard thing to do. And it'll explain to you which bits of prep you need to have done beforehand, what little things you need to make the recipe. And there's a picture to go with every single uh, recipe as well, which I think is a major thing. So you can see how you need to plate it up and an explanation on how to plate it up as Who well. Who took yeah. those pictures? Uh, we there's actually there are a, a couple from Kells in me so they are a fox in the kitchen is the name so they're absolutely brilliant so Zita and Rob did it together with herself with herself so my mum and myself then so we did all the photographs over the space of four days 
which is amazing mm. in, in my own apartment in Dublin so oh my good, oh, yeah. they're brilliant they are brilliant and, and one that caught my uh, my attention the one of the fish you know I'm an old angler myself and uh, when I see anything to do with fish it's the one on page when I open it here I know listeners can't see it but I want to look at this again because <laughs> it impressed me so much look at the, that yeah the turbot so you can do that with halibut you can do it with cod you can do it with take you can do it with whatever it is so what it is is you've basically got yourself a baby courgette and you can buy those in super value so you can and you slice those on a mandolin so you slice them really really thin on a mandolin or you can slice them with a knife if you want yeah uh, just into perfect circular rounds they're like scales of a they're like scales yeah and then what you do is you place it into boiling water firstly for literally 10 seconds take them out of the water and then on the fish so you're going to lay the fish onto a tray he's cooked the fish at this stage no no no, no, no. fish is not cooked fish is not cooked fish is not cooked you lay the fish onto a tray with a little bit of parchment paper underneath to stop it from sticking to the tray Uh, a little bit of water and butter season your fish and then lay the the courgettes that are sliced on top of the fish like fish scales yes and just bake it it takes literally fish 8 to 12 minutes to bake a piece of fish depending on the thickness Mm. and you get the most gorgeous looking thing ever so you do yeah it's, I love it I'm going yeah. to try that I have a go yeah you. it's simple as well it's, yeah. it's an easy one to do um, it looks difficult I seen I came across something similar to this actually they, but they water batted it it's in a place called 11 Madison Park in New York it's where they do it actually so yeah that's where I came across in something very similar and I was like I can do that it's you know so if you're in the Big it. Apple check that place out you check just heard it here from they, Adrian I don't today. know if they still do it but yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I love it I absolutely, and it caught my attention yeah. you, you know when you say there it, it, anyone can do this but you said prep there you, the abbreviation yeah. you really do emphasise because you say here the secret is preparation it is yeah it really is any restaurant I worked in uh, we worked from 10 until five o'clock in the evening on just prep that was it so 10 o'clock in the morning to five in the evening is just non-stop preparation of the food from the raw ingredient to basically where it's almost ready to be cooked Hmm. and plated up so you get it to that final stage so purees are made sauces are done uh, fish is filleted and pin boned and descaled uh, even all the meat is butchered down uh, braised beef or braised meats are all done well in advance you know it's all that kind of preparation work done and literally all it is then is bringing everything together on one plate yeah. and it makes it makes life much easier for mm, yourself. Mm. and you'll enjoy cooking much more and then you can concentrate on making these dishes that look stunning and you can be a bit artistic about it as well you know so it's quite fun to do you have a lovely section in the book which ties in with what you're saying there the how to section which yeah. you know shows you how to fill out a fish shows you how to joint a chicken and many other things besides the last arts sure, basically yeah, you know? and, and you yeah. know things that with a bit of practice you'll become competent at I'm sure in no time yeah well they're all lost arts um, like my mum's or my grandmother for instance or my great grandmother those are things that they could have done mm. so those are things that they did in their own kitchens mums uh, so my granny used to always break down a chicken raw now to be honest with you when we were kids we were all like oh jeez you know, we'd be running away from it you'd be afraid of it like whatever <laughs> but that's what she did she put it up on the chopping board she'd take off the legs she'd take off because she's a full family to feed yes. so that's kind of things that were done and they're kind of lost uh, skills so I was just like, let's show people how they're done again. They're simple, mm. they're straightforward. If you can, cu- if you can break up a cooked chicken, 
There's no reason why you can't do a raw chicken. Yes. Uh, fillet and fish is probably one of the most easiest things to do. A really good sharp knife. Just make sure you have a really good sharp knife when you're doing it. I went down actually to fillet fish in the board Ishkawara and Clonakilty. This is actually where uh, I really perfected it. Because I did it for years in restaurants and stuff, but I was never fast enough. And I really wanted to get my speed up. So I went down, and there's no better way of than fillet and fish for two weeks solid just thousands of mackerel and you're there with your knife and you're just filleting away and you're doing all the different cuts and everything it was incredible so it was, it was like a fishmonger's course that I did and I really wanted to prove the skill set but I'm telling you it's amazing it's and so you've good. done this not alone I have to tell listeners uh, about filleting fish you've went butchering uh, as yeah, well to yeah. find out everything that's involved yeah well you there. know that you've got plenty of butchers here oh in, yeah uh, like, so like even Peter Callahan here in RD, I was in with the guys yes. there I spent uh, a week with them I've done cooking demos with them and everything you've got his brother Andrew so you have who's in Betty's town so I've worked with Andrew as well inside his shop um, and I've I could name places all around even in Dundalk in the Marsh's shop in Centre McArdle Meats yes um, oh my god I could name butchers left right and centre but you've all picked up an awful lot you've been in yeah. there hands on and, you, and of course you started you did a bit of fishing yourself I saw that you went uh, rabbit hunting because I did that a lot myself I, yeah. if I had a penny for every rabbit I skinned and jointed when I was a young fool in our house Yeah, <laughs> you know and today I, that I, was fun oh. that was so much fun and you know that was yeah. for our family and many families that's yeah. what we were reared on. We were reared on that. Yeah, you know? and I wouldn't mind when I went rabbit hunting. I remember I was like, I took one shot. I was like, and I was like, to them, my first shot was perfect. Okay. And I was like, right, that's me done. And they're all like, wow, you're not going to take more. And I was like, no, I just want to keep my 100% record. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, like, and, and we literally, yeah, we, we, we cooked them uh, afterwards. You know, we took yes. them back, we cooked them, mm. you know, it's, it's, that's way of life. It's, and absolutely, it's, and yeah. you talk about being lost and skills lost, and there's another aspect of it as well. Here's the thing: ingredients, of course. Uh, you've you said this to me before; are so important, the best you can get. But honestly, Adrian, you, you know, would do you need a level of competence to open this book and start? Uh, I'd recommend people, like anyone, asks you, where do I start? Uh, where do I start on this book? There's soups, so there's two different soups. One of your favourites, actually. You were oh, telling me the uh, let me open it quick. I yeah, love yeah. mushroom soup. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, page. 57 when I get to yeah. the mushroom soup quick so mushroom soup or there's carrot and coconut soup yeah. which is a good starting point I think for people there there's chocolates at the back petty yep. for us so there's right. uh, Bailey's chocolate truffles you have a coconut uh, with condensed milk uh, truffle in there that's that's a recipe uh, we did in when I was working in Bon Appetit in the Michelin Star so that's an incredible recipe there that's served in the Michelin Star restaurant it's a very simple recipe to do mm. Um and then breads. So you've got the likes of, you know, there's a massive selection of breads. The in this soda year. bread is yeah, there, soda Adrian. Bread there oh, as well. What a yeah. staple of the Irish yeah, yeah. diet going back. And it's still a bread today that if you make it yourself and turn oh, it out there wrong. hot, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, and there's there's another one there as well. My favourite bread in it, actually. Well, I wouldn't say my favourite, but one of my one, the ones I make quite regularly is the wheaten bread. Okay. So this is kind of like, or like, you know, it's like a brown bread, basically. Yes, there it is there, the recipe yeah. for it, the wheaten, yeah. And uh, how this is done, basically, uh, so we used to half-steam, half-roast breads. So we'd have a half-steam, half-roast oven in restaurants. So how do you do this at home, basically? The idea of it was... Um, it took me a long time to figure this out. So you literally put a tray the bottom of your oven when your bread is in baking, okay? And you can do this with any bread you're ever baking at all. Uh, even, you know, yeast breads or, you know, your soda bread, the same. Uh, tray in the bottom of the oven and then every now and again come along and just fire in a couple of ice cubes. 
into the bottom of the oven, right? And what happens is this creates this, like, steam. And while the ice cube is melting in the oven, so close the door, let it melt away, and it gives the crust this incredible lightness, but also gives you more lift as well, and a more rise, gives you more product, basically. I'm a calvin man, I figured out a way of getting more out of it, you know? So, there you go. Yeah. That's a great tip. Yeah, so, isn't and, it? and each of those recipes in that book have those little things of how you can do that at home or yeah. how you can, you know, there's a little, there's a little tip to it, you know. Yeah, he's given away yeah. the secrets. A man who worked in Michelin star kitchens and everything, it's all in this book. <laughs> Want to take a short break? Adrian's with me, Chef Adrian. I love it when he calls. His new book is called Create Beautiful Food at Home by Adrian Martin. We have a copy to give away. We're going to sign it. He yeah, mentioned really? it. He mentioned it a minute ago. It's a it's a simple question. Which county in Ireland does he hail from? Where is he from? Which <laughs> county in Ireland? The Flahulok with the cash. That's a little tip for you. Back in a minute. <laughs> Chef Adrian's with me on late lunch. Yes, your answers are coming in, but remiss me, I didn't give you the number, but you most of them have it out there. Yes, if you'd like a signed copy of Chef Adrian's new book, it's fantastic. You'll be turning out restaurant food in your kitchen in no time. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. We want the answer to this question. From which Irish county does Chef Adrian come from? Where is he from in Ireland? He's not far away from Louth. We're going to win the Sam Maguire this year. That's a great clue. There you go. You start saying that for a long time. I know, yeah. You're nearly as bad as Louth. You know what I mean? And me at this stage. Anyway, come back to you for a moment. You are a regular now on TV3 uh, with the guys on the 6 o'clock show there. Yeah. And I really enjoy when I see you. Um would the next logical stage for Chef Adrian be his own <laughs> TV series? Yeah, like I, I did uh, certain. I did a series there for Player. Um, so I did two different series, which was with my first book, Fake Way, and then I did a series which was Chef Adrian Eats Ireland and RT Player. So I suppose the next stepping stone was something like that. But it's very, very difficult. Uh, as there's only, I suppose, unfortunately, one person making the decisions in there. So, okay. Um, it can be very, very difficult to get in there. So, like, listen, we're working with uh, Virgin Media, uh, 6 o'clock show, which is TV3, for the last, I think, five years at this yes. stage. So I've been a regular on there. Uh, the new book has really opened uh, new doors for me, actually, in the UK. So I've been flying over. I was just there on Saturday. And I'm over next week again as well. Um, so it's for sale in every single bookshop in the UK, which has actually opened doors for TV appearances and stuff over there, there as well. So um, what we've done is we've sat down actually with a guy in the UK to put together a pilot for ourselves to do something on TV. It's a very, very difficult thing to get. But when you get in the door and you're there, you're basically there. For you it, are. You know? And, and, and like, look, look, it'll happen at some stage. I'm mm. patient and I'll wait. Uh, and you know hopefully some stage fingers crossed something happens but like at the end of the day if it doesn't I'm not going to be overly upset either you know <laughs> but look at you're flying on a range yeah. of fronts we have to say you, you're still deeply passionate and involved with teaching children and parents you know teaching them this you know food today there's too much picking up the phone and ringing takeaways and oh, yeah. easy dinners and that this is not difficult and you're, you've been getting that message across and trying to for years yeah yeah I think yeah I know like so many people I think it's just ease uh, of just being pure lazy sometimes like you just sit there and go oh I'll pick up the phone and have a take and we're all guilty of it so we are you know there's nothing wrong with having it now and again yes but it's people having it every day uh, of their lives you know so it's kind of like God you know take a step back and look at what you're eating you know mm. 
you know you're going to put on weight very quick you're going to be very unhealthy you won't have any motivation it'll affect your mental health uh, it'll affect loads of things to do with you in the future as well so just have a look at what you're doing and you know take a step back and go god what am i doing you know yeah so yeah it's it's a simple thing learn to cook um it's a little life skill i was saying this as well it's a pity home ec isn't compulsory in every single school in this country. Are you reading my mind? Because yeah. that's my next question. He didn't look over the desk. I didn't know. Isn't that just a no-brainer, Adrian? What you, go on, yeah, tell, yeah. Say, say more about that. Well, like it, it's it's simple, straightforward. It's a life skill. Um, I went. I'll be honest with you. I'm very disappointed that I didn't get to do home ec. I went to school in Leitrim, and if I had done home ec, I would have been the first guy ever to do home ec. So that stopped me from doing it. You know. So I did woodwork and said, let's be honest, I never used woodwork in my life. I probably will never use it ever. Mm. You know, um, I would have used cooking because it's my career to this day. I, I should have done home ec, you know. And it's a pity it wasn't compulsory for us, even to junior cert, yes. to have done it. Because it teaches you just a life skill. And you need that. And you need to learn a little bit about food. You need mm. to learn where it comes from. You go into schools there. In certain schools, kids don't even know where milk comes from. They reckon it grows on a tree and it come, a carton grows on a tree and it's <laughs> no, filled with milk. You know? It's, it's sad. I laugh. But it yeah. is sad to contemplate that. But you're right. Why don't we, as a nation, and look, come on, the Department of Education, the minister should listen to this. Yeah. They're giving them, I saw it on the news last night, and now they're questioning the iPad use. You know, that children are losing other skills because everything's on the iPad in yeah. school. Why not give every child in this country this start in life? Yeah. The ability to know about food, where it comes from, and to prepare something for themselves. Like you, you, you need food to live. Yep. You're like, you need it to live. You need water to live as well. You know, you're given hands, so you are. Why not use them to create a bit of food so that you're, you're much better, you're healthier for yourself, you feel much better for yourself, uh, you have a life skill and people are like like I know not everyone wants to cook right not everyone's into it or whatever but the basic basic thing like you could learn just from home ec mm. in first second and third year is incredible I even think like going to to um, primary schools I think it should be something taught in primary schools mm. what type of vegetable is this you know even just the types of vegetables yes what type of fruit is this you mm. know mm. and um, instead of uh, like uh, marketing it as a thing of obesity. Why don't we market, you know, fruit and veg? Why don't yeah. we big them up? Why don't we start marketing fruit and veg mm. as a good thing? Why don't we start, you know, instead of saying, you know, such and such a thing is bad for us, why don't we say such and such a thing is good it's for us? It's good and yeah. concentrate on the positives of it as the well. negative side Yes, of it, yeah. I, I, I see yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. Tell me what palate cleansers are. And palate cleansers. When I, when I opened <laughs> that part of the book, I said, what's he on about here? Palate cleansers. When and why? Uh, I suppose a palate cleanser is a thing that's... You know, it's granita. We have a granita in there. We have a jelly in there. We have a sorbet in there. Palate cleansers are kind of things that that when you eat something, right, it's quite strong in flavour. Uh, so when you're in a restaurant, you need something in between that, that cleanses the palate, that gets rid of the the flavour from the first dish so you're set up for the next one, basically. So that's kind of the reason for it. So if you've got quite a heavy dish or strong dish that's a lot of garlic in it, mm. you're going to taste garlic for the rest of the day. So when yes. you have a palate cleanser in between it, it washes out 
the garlicky kind of taste and then you're ready to go for the next one basically so that's kind of the purpose of a palate cleanser I'm sorted and you should be yeah. doing that at home if you're doing a couple of courses even as le- well lemon and water it's kind of like a palate would cleanser would do it itself, as well yeah. for you yeah, yeah. Um, you don't leave out the sweet side you mentioned that I know of course earlier I've partial to lemon meringue myself Ooh, and yeah. they look lovely there, the good, way yeah. you've come up with them you know and, and, and you mentioned in the basics you have the basics in this book towards the back of it yeah. as well well you stocks know, and yes. purees and uh, you, you, I mentioned purees people get a little bit put off by the word puree a puree is just a vegetable that's boiled up and put in the blender and pulsed until it becomes its puree state okay and what the beauty about these things is you can use them on your dishes for say flavour for a bit of balance but also when you're finished with it add stock to it and you have a soup and basically any though any vegetable then can be turned into a soup just from a puree you know yeah, so yeah. when when we were stuck like for instance like we we would never be uh, I remember back in the day like cuz not very many people were vegan back then if we get the very rare vegan in the restaurant uh you know the best thing to go to for a soup for them was taking a puree that had no dairy or cream or anything in it taking it and adding a bit of vegetable stock to it and we created a soup basically and away they go the book is called create it's by chef adrian it's available everywhere at the moment and you won't be disappointed i promise you with this one we have a signed copy to give away which irish county does he come from answers to 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text great to see you thank continued success thanks for having me and tv producers he's your man (laughs) <laughs> Get going. We want to see him with a series on the television. See you again soon, Thanks, Adrian. Thanks a million. Thank you. <laughs> I'll say it again. As the years push on, Tempest Fugit, that's for sure. Because I'm sitting here with one of our esteemed regulars, Rick Cronje, and it just seems like it was Christmas yesterday, Rick. Do you feel like that? Absolutely, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I just paid the last instalment <laughs> for my loan. <laughs> Anyway, you're so welcome this Easter time 2019 and Rick is here to recommend a few bottles for the table and to enjoy and enjoy sensibly, we say, as well. Rick, you want to get straight into it because you said, I want to talk about this wine to begin today. Yes, uh, it was, you know, uh, what was it, two months ago we talked about Sicilian wines and I came across this and all the I said, God, we've got to try this, you know, so it was pure chance and it's organic. It's a sparkling, and it's one of the um, indigenous grapes, the Grillo. That so, is an indigenous to Sicily. Sicily, correct. Okay. Correct. And this is and Aldi again. Aldi, Aldi again. Aldi stocks it, and it's at twelve ninety nine. and I think it's a real steal for what you're getting. Now, sparkling wine, Rick, you yes. really haven't, you know, sparkling wine we haven't talked an awful lot about no. on your feature on this show. No. Do you want to just uh, we are do a little pop there pop. for a second? We're going to we do a little what you're pop. talking about. And I think, you know, um, it, it'll definitely, as an aperitif, it'll be a, a great little number. But also, uh, we'll taste on the flavours. And I think for the vegetarians and the vegans on, on the um, uh, vegetable side, I think it'll be a great, great little number. Okay. So uh, we're just going to try this. And again, folks, remember, twist the bottle, hold the cork. And uh, off we go uh, with it. And there you go. Lovely. And that's it. You're a master. You've done a few of them in your time. Don't. (laughs) We won't emphasise that now, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's Uh, have a little taste of this. Sparkling, you know... the spark how, how do how do they make the wine sparkle 
listen, Jerry, this is exactly, uh, this is much like your soft drinks. They right. just put the CO into it. That's yeah, it. No, yeah, this is not uh, 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 like the champagne, which is yes. done in a completely different, different way. Okay, way. Yeah. okay, let's yeah. have a little taste of this. Yeah. That is lovely. It is. You know, is, you just sorry. sip that as an aperitif. Yes. Absolutely, uh, Jerry. Absolutely. But I think it's got enough fruit in it as well, uh, a tastiness uh, in it um, with your uh, vegetables. I, I think yeah. it will carry it. But I think for me, um, uh, as an aperitif, absolutely no question. But I think also with Easter, you know, we we, we tend to have a good selection of food, if mm. I can put it that way. Mm. That'll be a great palate cleanser in between. And I love the bottle. It's a little fat bottle, if it I may is. say. Yeah. It is. It's a little tubby fella. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's totally different. It's different. Yeah, and um, sure, you can put the candle in afterwards, Jerry. <laughs> ah, well, yes. that, I'm just thinking of that as well. I'm just yeah. looking at the label. It's Organic Grillo. You can't miss it. You'll see it's a distinct little bottle. Aldi, twelve ninety nine, sparkling white. Gorgeous. It is. It really is. Very refreshing. It really gets... Get people absolutely. Uh, going. So yeah. a lovely recommendation yeah. there for for Rick. Let's go into the other two wines because I know you yeah. want to talk in general about matching and pairing and selecting. We'll do that in a moment. Let's yeah. go on to you've brought to us, and I want to say a big thank you today to Alan McGuinness from McGuinness Wines in Dundalk. He's a great guy. He has a wonderful shop there, and he's uh, put up the white and red wines for us on late lunch today. He did, Jerry, and a great supporter of us over the years. Yes, he you is. know, and I remember. I, I think it was last year when we had. A big storm. Alan turned up, gave us the wines. He did. He was not. Yep, he saved he our bacon. He, he did. Really he did. did. Jerry, and no, remember, it's important too. to support. You know the local store there as well. You know, I know the, the large multiples have them, but the advice and the personal touch and everything you'll get from Alan in the shop is second to none. Absolutely, Jerry. And I think Alan, when I was talking to him, had a very, very good point. Uh, you know. We tend to, you know, to, I know people, you know, money can be tight sometimes, but, you know, sometimes it's special occasions like this, dig a bit deeper, you know, mm. and Alan made a very good point, you know, if if we get to 15 euro, people think it's expensive, yet they'll go to a restaurant and buy a house wine and pay 20, <laughs> you know, that is so true. Absolutely. So reward the chef in the kitchen, be it yourself or the lady of the manor, and uh, yeah, and compliment that food with a good bottle of wine. Well said, Rick. Let's talk about this white Verdicchio Italia. Yes, ah, oh, beautiful, Jerry. You know, it's it's not something you come across every day. You have to go to the specialist shops, and uh, it's a beautiful, uh, uh, very fruity uh, wine, and I think. People will be very happy when they get uh, to taste this. It's uh, a, a indigenous grape to uh, Italy. Italy. So it's a small grape, isn't it's it? It's a small grape, uh, green, almost going white in color, uh, light skinned now, so it's a bit susceptible to your uh, mildews, um, very susceptible to weather now. And um, in return, what that means is that your yield from year to year can can vary greatly mm. and i think testimony to that is if you go to the 80s it was and it's a, it's a it's a grape you'll only find in italy very very seldom when you find it outside um and in the 80s you had something like sixty-five thousand hectares 
It led it. the way. Uh, it uh, did. Ahead of some of the, the great names, didn't it? Like yes. Chardonnay, etc. Absolutely, Jerry. It was ahead of it. And then over the years, it just dwindled because of its susceptibility to that. And, you know, others, be, in particular, Pinot Grigio came along and that. But it's on the up again now. You know, I mean, it dropped right down to something like 4,000 hectares, but it's coming back. Okay. Definitely now. And this know. comes from uh, which stable? Uh, who who uh, yeah, That's Colli Stefano. Okay. Colli Stefano, and he only farms organic. Again, it's only organic. And um, a beautiful, beautiful estate he's got there. And it's in the Marche region uh, um, of Italy. Um, which is their signature grape as compared to the other wine regions. And they have two DOCs there, which is the uh, Di Castello, uh, Di Gere, and the uh, Di Matelica, which is this one, one of here. these. This okay. is a Di Matelica. So it's a DOC, organic, beautiful. Um, beautiful. Let's have a little taste. Uh, yes. You have it there, and then you've just corked it a short while ago there yes. to take the cork from it. and. You said to me before we started today, listeners didn't hear this, that this is one of the most impressive whites. Yes. You've spoken about in a while, yes? Absolutely, Jerry. No question about it. It's pale, isn't it? It's It's very pale. It's a very pale wine. Now, I say that to look in the little drop I have there in the tumbler. Um, Yeah. There's nothing mad on the nose either. Very shy. Very shy. You're correct. So pale, nothing on the nose. No. What? It's on yeah. the palate. Let's have a little and see. Yeah, and it's a 2018, so it's it's very fresh. Well, that has just surprised me so much because yeah. with little on the nose, pale in the colour. Yeah. What a burst on the palate. Yes. You wouldn't expect much. Oh, my. You, you wouldn't expect no. much looking at it. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And a bit of zinginess in it as well. There you know, really and, is, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those when, you know, when you taste it, Jerry, it lingers. If you give it a, a time, it lingers on, 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 on the palate. You know, it doesn't, it's not flimsy. It's not going to disappear. Oh, it's terrific. It's it really terrific. is. It really it is really a great is. pick, yeah. Rick. And, and, f- and food, like, of course, I'm going to say again, like the previous one, you could just sift, sip that yeah. at the start and it'd be lovely. Food-wise, what would food you say? Wise. Yeah, it, uh, for light food, now probably a uh, fish, a grilled fish. But I think, again, you know, even um, when it comes to the lamb, I think you might just, on the lighter side, be okay yeah. with that. Because there are people who don't drink a red, mm. you know, uh, and who look for a light wine. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I fancy it. What I about really a salad? What about it? wine and salad? Yeah, salad. It, I think anything on the light side. The only thing with salad, uh, Jerry, that I say to people: stay away from vinegar. Vinegar is it just yeah, <laughs> you're not going to match it. No, it's just too strong to no. acid. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about you know uh, selecting wines for food. Just to go back to that for a yes. moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you're looking for there, Jerry, is to balance. Now, food must always take the lead. Um, if the wine is too strong or too weak, well, it's just simply not going to work. You're just wasting your money there. The thing with food that you're trying to match is, is, is the basics in food. You know, you've got your acid, you've got bitterness, you've got sweetness, uh, salt, you've got your texture. The biggest thing is fat. And most of our foods today will contain fat, dairy and meat. The only thing wine lacks, you can find all the others that we spoke about. But the only thing you won't find in wine is fat. So that is your enemy uh, when you're matching. 
And what you're trying to do is to cut into that. And when I say cut into it, you're either going to do it with a stronger wine, as in alcohol, or a, a, a wine that has got a bit of acidity to it, but not too much. On the red side, tannins. That is what's going to help you there. So it's trying to find that balance. What you don't want is two complete opposites, and then you're in trouble. And the extreme example I always uh, uh, demonstrate to people is if you've got a sweet dessert or ice cream and Sauvignon Blanc, complete mismatch. Mm. It's just not going to work. You will not you. like no, you will the combination not. Absolutely there. not. So that really is the secret. It's just trying to balance uh, the wine, and it's all about flavors, not necessarily the color. That's that. Well, that last color. wine bears that absolutely. out, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely, Jerry. <laughs> You'd absolutely. pass it by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. what a mistake it would make if <laughs> you did. Absolutely. Just remind us about that white again. Available yeah. from McGuinness Wines in Dundalk. It's it's the Colle Stefano. It's the Vidicchio, and just talk to Alan, ask him about the Vidicchio, and it's a giveaway price of thirteen euro. Absolute giveaway, and it's a you know it's a grape you're not going to see on the shelves. Yes, uh, Jerry, a lovely, lovely drinking wine. Absolutely. Now we're not forgetting the uh, red or the lamb for Easter. We're taking a no. short break, and Rick will be back to match both just for you. Rick Cronje brings us his wines for Easter. The two whites so far, the sparkling from Aldi and the uh, uh, white from uh, McGuinness Wines in Dundalk, are both organic. And you're staying with the organic theme today for the red rick yeah i i I tell you jerry it's great to see it because uh you know 10 years ago you'll be lucky if you saw one organic wine Mm. and it is great because it is brings a different aspect uh to uh wine making um do you like organic wines i do i do jerry i i really do i i just think that it's sometimes you you get uh, the wines and we've all tasted them and there's just something metallic in it or you know you know that there's some sort of chemical that mm. uh, that has influenced the wine and i think with organic um apart from the obviously the environment um it just brings a completely different flavor they, they just taste cleaner yes uh, uh, on my palate you know okay interesting interesting yeah. so again alan mcginnis at mcginnis wines and Dundalk has provided the red for us today it's yes. organic what is it and where is it it's from? Uh, ah well this is from argentina and it's a malbec and it's uh 2018 now i have to tell listeners uh jerry and it was specifically uh, uh chosen it's 14 and a half percent you need that now to match the lamb. This I bought, and and together with Alan, we this is what we recommend for the lamb. Okay, because lamb is is very rich in flavour. Fatty can be. Fatty, yeah. Oh, you have to. You yes. have to have. Otherwise, it's not going to cook, Jerry. <laughs> You'll be chewing <laughs> instead of eating. Um, so you're going to need something to to offset that. And it comes back to what we said. This one is higher in the alcohol now. Mm. Um, um, but it's organic, so it's going to be lovely. How much yes. will it cost you? And uh, this one is 15 euro. euro. Okay. And yeah. Malbec, of course, uh, uh, staple wine, synonymous yes. with Argentina as well. Yes. You're going to give me a little taste, but yes. with, 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 a, with a warning. 
Yes. Yes. I have no food today. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's why I stressed at 14.5%. He gave me a dribble. Now, don't yeah. be worried in late lunch land. I'll be standing tall for the rest of the day. I'm only taking a mere sip of this after the 14.5%. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it's, it's you know something. Yeah. No, you know it. You Can't know you it get the out. depth on the yeah. nose? Look at the depth of the colour there as well. Let's yeah. have a little taste. Yeah. I can understand. <laughs> no, you need. Food. I need a leg of lamb just yes. now. <laughs> yeah, um, it is very, very. Uh, I. It's beautiful. It, it's, it's beautiful. The tan, I mean, for fourteen and a half percent, but the tannins are balanced to mm. it. Uh, but you know, from the first step, you need food, and I think this is why it'll stand up so well to the lamb to offset that richness. Um, of uh, the lamb. So it if you really pair will. this one with your lamb this weekend, you're going to be very happy. It's going very to be a happy. match made in heaven, Absolutely. really, with this one. Absolutely, uh, Jerry. There'll be nothing left of the lamb and there'll be nothing left of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be gone. It'll all be gone. Um, yeah. Malbec, though, I, I did mention Argentina as well. Would they be regarded as one of the foremost producers oh, of it in the world? Yeah. Absolutely, uh, Jerry. And, and, and not only in terms of volume, but also in, in terms of flavour. You know, it really is a different. Um, bearing in mind, it originally, uh, originated in France. So, yeah. No, definitely. And this lovely. family who make this uh, have the French connection as well. Yes, and the Busquets. Yeah. Yeah, Busquets. They actually uh, originated in France, um, in the south of France, and then uh, went over four generations uh, were in France. And then they went in 1997 and they bought, I think it was 110 hectares. Uh, it's up to over 240 now. So they're really so, yeah, yeah. growing and, these and people. And yeah. Exactly. And they just, uh, in uh, uh, the province of Mendoza. And, um Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. They do, only Malbec is their mm. staple. Uh, they do no other uh, variety. Yes. So a lovely, lovely, really 
yeah. really good. So if you're um, into your traditions at Easter, that's the match for the lamb. But of course, at Easter time, people, you know, they go white meat as well. They're, you see the turkey, the traditional tr- Christmas turkey being pushed at this yes. time of the year as well. Back to the white there. Yes, that's it, Jerry. That's why I, it's, it's very versatile. I think that'll go, as I say, with fish. The verdicchio. The verdicchio will go with the fish, but I think it'll stand up to that. Uh, the white meats as well, the mm. chicken in particular, mm. very much so. With very that versatile. red as well, just coming back to it, I'm just thinking yeah. people may have beef for dinner on, on, on yes. this Christmas Sunday and a, yes. a, a nice roast, uh, you know. Yep. Again, that red, perfect. Will, absolutely. Just not Jerry. lamb. You're talking about a red meat there. Yeah, yeah you to- yeah. Red meat, it, it'll stand up to it. No no doubt about it mm. at all. It definitely will. A lovely balance, as I say, 14.5%, but you don't actually taste the alcohol. You will know that it's a strong wine, yeah. um, but that's just a combination. Would you yeah. let it breathe, that wine, for a little before? I would, Jerry. I would put it in the glass and leave it for a good 10 minutes, you know, maybe a bit longer as well. Yes, and at you room know. temperature at this time of the year, we're in for a nice weekend with temperatures yes, and that as well. Yes, absolutely, leave it and, 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 and just let it stand there. You know, it's a screw top, so mm. uh, it's, it's very easily to... Come back to the chilling, because I want to ask you this. Yes. I know we've covered this, but I want to remind people about it again, because there's so many people take whites from the fridge, and my God, I, you, you, you can't taste them because all you're tasting is this freeze in your mouth correct correct jerry yeah what to do no, look white? look i always say you know half an hour in the fridge in the fridge and that's it out you know out out because once once you go beyond that point because your fridge has said i don't know maybe a three four degrees that's very cold for yeah. wine you know and what it does it just closes up there's there's no flavor no nothing um, so by the time you get to the bottom of the glass, well, it's gone. And I think that explains a lot of people saying, well, I, I didn't quite get the flavors you talk about because you've just killed it off with the coldness, you mm. know. So half an hour in the fridge maximum. All you're trying to do is just take the chill, uh, uh, yes. you know, uh, get it down to a nice little bit of a chill, but not not cold. And not cold. when you take it out, then it's just scenario I'm painting for you. Say there's some left in the bottle. You yes. have a couple of glasses. You might be on your own yeah. or whatever, uh, and the bottle is there. Are you as well leave it stand outside or put it back into the fridge if you're going to use it, say, the yes. next day or two? I would rather leave it out. That's outside. what I do, outside. And re-chill. And, and, and re-chill. I'd, I'd rather do that because you're back to the same scenario. If you, take it, uh, if you put it back in the fridge, it could be 24 hours before you get back to it. But also your volume has decreased now, so it, it's going to get colder even quicker Yes, uh, uh, on it. So you know. that's a good tip there for everybody. If you have opened it, leave it outside if there's some left yes. and then just chill it for the half and hour just, again the next time. Exactly. Mm. Exactly, Jerry. That That's all you need to do. And really, if you really, I know I, I, I have a very good friend who cannot drink wine. It has to be chilled completely. As we said before, freeze a few grapes and put that in the glass and that'll keep her happy you know? <laughs> another one another little another tip for you one, there yeah, to yeah. get you get you through yeah, as well exactly anyway exactly. there's loads there for you the Grillo from Aldi stores organic and the white and red of course call in to Alan give him a shout there at McGuinness Wines in Dundalk and he'll be happy to take you through and show you the wines that we've been talking about here on Late Lunch today and again thanks to Alan and thank you to you Rick happy Easter to you uh, enjoy your, your Easter dinner yourself I'm sure uh, you'll have your matches spot on and thank you again for coming to us with your recommendations and suggestions. Until the month of May, Rick Cronje, thank you so much indeed.
Thanks, Jerry. Boot Club and Late Lunch and Margaret Madden's here. You know it's supposed to be Boot Club. What are you doing bringing in me an LP? Oh, I saw a picture the other day that you had received a vinyl as a gift with your beloved Kylie on it. And I remembered I have a Kylie album that you don't have. So I brought it in for you. <laughs> Look at this. Enjoy Yourself is the name of the album. Kylie Minogue. Look yeah, I bought that, that in Dolphin Discs years ago oh in Dublin. My. It's still in the dust cover and everything. Look. Tears on my pillow. Wouldn't change a thing. Hand on your heart. Enjoy yourself. Oh, listen. Are you sure? This yeah. is yours. Don't say I don't look after you now. Does she look after me? Hell, but she It makes does. up for the fact that I forgot the books today. Don't worry, it? don't worry. We have lots of books and we have a <laughs> gift pack of books to give away. Folks, we have lovely books. Margaret will tell you. And she's just told me she's read all of these books. We have Patricia Scanlon, Orange Blossom Days, Grace After Henry, Ethna Shortall, brilliant book, Apple of My Eye by Claire Allen, 47 Seconds. Jane Ryan, you gave that mm-hmm. a real big thumbs I up. Did. And Jane was here on the show recently. And The Pact by Carol Coffey. That's the gift pack of books to give away on late lunch today. And I might as well do this now while I'm on it because it's fresh with you. Would you like to win those books? It'll keep you reading for a while. They're lovely, I promise you, and they're all brand spanking new. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Which are answering your name and details to this question? And we'll tell you why I'm asking you this question. It's a hint to a book and an author we're talking about. In which Irish county does the River Boyne rise? In which Irish county does the River Boyne rise? Answers to those numbers. 086-1800-658 for the gift pack today. Book of the month. Margaret Madden for the month of April Easter time is... Big announcement uh, is Sleep by C.L. Taylor. Now, I'll just read a little quote from this. Someone's going to sleep... And they'll never wake up. Does that get you interested in this one already? You love this book. I did, yeah. I got an early copy of this a few months ago and um, I said, the usual, I'll read a little bit of it, the the prologue and see how I get on. And it was two and a half hours later and I put the book down. I had not moved. I had not moved from my bed. (laughs) Well, you know what? You're not alone because I saw somebody else saying that they went through 400 pages nonstop. They yeah. just, they were being wrong. They were being this, that yeah. and the other and they just ignored everything. They couldn't, is it that gripping? Yeah, it is. I think poor Declan was downstairs going, are you coming down for your dinner? I'm like, no, 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 I'll be down in a minute, I'll be down in a minute. It was just unreal. Um, basically, it's it starts off with a letter from Anna saying, if you're reading this, um, then I'm already dead. Here is a list of people I think could have done it. And she lists out seven names. And you just, that just grabs you straight away. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I'm reading it, so something must have happened. So you go straight into it and you meet Anna, who has fled um, London after a tragic accident that she was involved in, a car crash. She was driving. She was. And there was loss of life. There was. And um, she... It feels as if she's being followed. She feels as if somebody is looking at her and she has an actual stalker. She's just not getting over this at all. So she kind of packs up her bags and heads off to a remote island off Scotland called Rum to be um, an assistant kind of manager of a kind of a hotel, a small enough hotel where kind of ramblers would go to, you know, so it's very isolated. And um, there are seven guests in the hotel and it's not long before Anna realises that she thinks she's still being stalked. So somebody may have followed By her one there. of these seven. Exactly. Yeah. It's edgy. It's thrilling. It's full of suspense, isn't it? It's all those things combined, you'd say. It is. And it's one of those, it's so atmospheric that you can 
I think I've written it in my review that you can nearly hear the floorboards creaking and it's an old house I'm living in one. I understand the noises that come from an old house. Do you know what I mean? The walls are literally making their own noises. And then you're thinking, is this the house talking to her or is there somebody trying to get into her room? Mm. Uh, Keys go missing. Um, There's a big incident all the electricity goes out, you know, this kind of, uh, there's a storm, they're stuck on the island, they can't get out. And it's just this claustrophobic feeling that you're in this hotel with these people. Yeah, yeah. what you say there, it, it reflects what um, others have been saying. And when, when I looked at it as well, you actually are maybe holding your breath and yeah. waiting for somebody to pounce. Yeah, and the great thing about um, Callie Taylor's book is that she writes really short chapters. You know, mm. I'm I'm a big fan of, in a thriller of short chapters where you literally say, I'm just going to read one more chapter and I'll turn the light off kind of thing. And they're not, they're two or three pages and you're like, oh God, just another one, just another one, just another one. And all of a sudden you just can't know you're not going to put this book down. So this is the book of the month mm-hmm. for the month of April on Late Lunch Book Club as selected by Margaret Madden. It's called Sleep. Simple. One word mm-hmm. by C.L. Taylor. And it's out there at the moment. Yeah. You can pick it up and it's well, well worth getting. But I, we advise you again. You hear what Margaret said. Clear space in yeah. your life. <laughs> it's actually it's ideal for a bank holiday weekend, okay, isn't it? There, there you go. go. It should be in down in Waterstones yes, there in Drogheda. Yes, yeah. go and get it and pick it up and enjoy. Thanks for that, Margaret. Now we move on to your next selection, which is a book uh, called Her Kind. And this comes in under the historical fiction category yeah. by Neve Boyce. Now, this girl, Neve Boyce, I want to remind listeners, she produced a brilliant book called the Herbalist. Oh yes, it was one of the first reviews I ever wrote actually I think was The Herbalist it was just stunning. Again kind of historical fiction and she had such a way with words and um, you know anything that's said in Ireland I'm going to I'm going to kind of head towards anyway but she really, it's taken her five years, with six years since The Herbalist came out so, but it took her five years to write this one, Her Kind mm. and it's about the um, Kilkenny Witch Trials of 1324 and it's based on fact. No, it's going back a long, long time. Mm. And you know, I think I said this to you before because you've had books in this type of format in the past combining historical fact with fictional yeah. uh, aspects as well. It's 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 not the easiest thing to do and it's in the mind of the, of the author really, isn't it? I think it? this one must have been even more difficult to write because you not only are you dealing with very limited resources from the 1300s, this is, you have to remember, this is pre-witch trials across Europe. Yes. This was medieval times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're, it must have been so difficult for her to find anything. And then you have to write in a different voice. You have to spell slightly different. Yeah. Um, she has done a superb job. You, you know, every it seems to me that every sentence was meticulously crafted and researched to make sure that it was written in the voice of the of the 1300s. It's just wonderful, really, really wonderful. The the main tailor, Alice Keitler, uh, and her maid servant, Petronelle, mm. uh, as she's given the name to, the, these friends at one stage are... are no, no. Well, it's a kind of a difficult enough book to describe without spoilers, but I'm going to okay. give it my best. Um, so you have Alice Keitler, who's a very wealthy merchant living in... Um, she's in the English part of the town. Yeah. I've just gone out what they called it now I can't remember yeah. and then you have Petronelle and her daughter were actually from the Irish part of the town okay. and they've come to Alice's residence to work as her maids 
for a reason. Yes. And they're undercover. Um, that's not their real names. They yeah. have Irish names, mm. um, but they've been given Petronella and Basilia because they sound more, well, as Alice says, more English, but it, it's more Norman really, isn't yeah. it? And they are hiding away, not saying much. There is a connection from their past. Yes. Actually, the daughter has gone mute after something has happened to her. She's very traumatised. And it's just the end. They... Yeah, it's very difficult. But basically what happens with the witchcraft thing is that Alice Keitler has been married. She's on her fourth marriage. Well, this is hard to believe, isn't it? Medieval yeah. times, four marriages. Uh, she's a, a money lender was one of the things yeah. she's been involved in. And and wealthy and, oh, and holds position. desperately wealthy. One yes. of the wealthiest people in Ireland mm. at the time. And she... The bishop doesn't like this, you see. The bishop doesn't like it because she's not giving any dues. She's not buying indulgences. She's not um, going to his mass. She's going to a different one. It's all. It all starts over a fight over a grave and her not wanting to pay to intern her husband, yes. husband number three. But anyway, the new husband has two daughters, uh, twins, and they are not a nice pair. And they make up a story to imply her as being a witch. Okay. And the whole thing takes off. It takes off from yeah. there. Uh, it's a fine follow-up, isn't it, by Neve Boyce yeah. to the, the brilliance of the herbalist, mm-hmm. you'd have to say. I would, yeah, absolutely. Just the amount of, of research, as I said, that's gone into it. Obviously, it's she has made up the voices, but it's based on fact. This is what happened. Hearsay and sorcery and herbs and magic and all. They, they took the, the two girls' words. You enjoyed it. Loved it. It's another one to recommend. Her Kind by Neve Boyce on Late Lunch this afternoon with Margaret Madden. We have two more. We have a classic and we have a book for young adults called My Brother's Name is Jessica by John Boyne and by God is that making headlines at the moment. And if you want to win the book pack, you know now why I asked the question about the Boyne, John Boyne, the River Boyne. Where does the River Boyne rise? I want the county, please, for the book pack. Five lovely books can be yours today. Text or WhatsApp your answer to 086-1800-658. Margaret Madden is with us on Late Lunch. Her classic this month is... Uh, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Now, this book goes back 22 years to 1997 and it was written by Jean-Dominique Bobby, who was a guy, like his story is incredible. He took a stroke. Yeah, he did a massive stroke. This was a guy, he was a former editor of Elle magazine, very successful. Uh, not too, he wasn't old at all when this happened. He was only 43. In his 40s. And uh, he just literally was driving along in a car and took a massive stroke and ended up in a, a, a coma. And unfortunately, when they woke him up, he realised he had locked in syndrome. So he was one of the first people to talk about this concept where he his mind is fully, fully working and his body is just not. So the only thing that eventually started to work was uh, his left eye and uh, they stitched his right eye closed. Uh, he was awake for the whole procedure. It's awful to read. Um, and so he began communicating with uh, a French alphabet created for him that he could, you know, so three blinks was B, yes. four blinks was E. Oh. It'd be very different to the English alphabet. Yes. It was, and um, he ended up dictating this he little memoir. This book. Yeah. yeah, And it became a film subsequently, a Absolutely. movie, of yeah. course. In French. In French is right. Uh, 43 was, he had four children uh, and... And did you know this, that when the book was published in 1997, 
he died two days after the publication. Oh, I, I knew he had died, but I yes. didn't realise it was so close. Two days after, so he had pneumonia, yeah. But I mean, the, the reason I'm recommending it, um, it, first of all, it's a real short read. You'd, you'd read it in an hour, an hour and a half, maybe. Um, it's just so beautifully written. The mm. lyrical words, each one's so clear. Now, it, it has been translated, but it was be, it has been done sympathetically. Um I, I would imagine he wasn't the nicest person before this happened, but you wouldn't wish this on your worst enemy. And it, just the way he describes smells and how every day the thing that keeps him going is remembering what food tastes like. Yes. So, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful The book. Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Jean-Dominique Bobby, uh, the classic recommended by Margaret. And we finish today with John Boyne's new book, My Brother's Name is Jessica. Mm-hmm. Now, this has whipped up a storm to the point that John Boyne has withdrawn from Twitter. He's closed down his account. Give us a synopsis. What's this about? It says it all in the name, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, I I could have avoided talking about it, but I I don't think that's the right thing to do. I really enjoyed this book. Um, It's written for kind of age 11, 12 upwards. And um, I was sent a copy a few months ago. I read it, then passed it to my daughter, who's 15. And she also loved it, actually, even more than I did, because I was unsure of the ending. Um, He's been, yeah, it's basically a story of Jessica, who's 18. Jason. Um, yeah, oh, but, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I see the, Here's way, where see the it gets... way I've mixed this up. <laughs> see the way I've got it wrong. Yeah. OK, so she now presents as Jessica. She's yes. 18. And it's her younger brother, Sam, is 13. So it's his story of how originally Jessica was Jason, his brother, but is now his sister. So it's basically coming Jessica's tale of coming out as choosing to recognise as being female and um, the the siblings reaction. God, I'm really good with the phrases here, haven't I? Excellent. <laughs> the siblings reaction to uh, how their parents can't cope with it and the confusion sur- surrounding what is the right prefix, what is mm. what is politically correct, what isn't. And the backlash on Twitter was, I think, probably more related to John Boyne's um, saying that he doesn't agree with the term cis, which is what you and I are, Jerry, which for the listeners is, I am a woman born in a woman's body and happy, you know, that yes. I, I'm, I'm in the right gender, basically. Yeah. I, and I'm the same. Yeah. I'm a man in a man's body. And I, and I didn't know this, honestly, until this ro- uh, brewed up as yeah. well. I was looking it up to see what it meant. So that's what cis means. He's getting a lot of criticism from the trans community as well. He is. Because he is a man in a man's body writing about exactly. this, this yeah. subject. But I mean... You have to think, does that mean that no writer could ever write outside no. their gender or could they not, could I not, if I decide to write, which I don't know, I still haven't decided, um, if, could I not write the story of a, a black person? Can I not write a story of a lesbian? Can I not write a story of mm. any of the things that I'm I not? have to say, I think it's nonsense. Well, uh, yeah. You know, I think the campaign is, it's one of these things on social media that gets going and they just pillory something. Well, absolutely. There is an aspect of that. There, there is, is completely. No, I, 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 I do want to say as well, I can, I'm not trans and I don't know how people like that feel or, or you know what, maybe they look at this totally different to yeah. you and I looking yeah. at it. But I do want to say, do you see the way I said to you, it was about Jason. Jason was the older brother. Sam is the younger brother. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the family. The main thing about this is though Sam, the younger brother, finds it hard to reconcile that his brother is now his sister. Yeah, and that's the story that really people are forgetting. He is only 13 in it and yeah. I think the way that John has, ri- John has written his voice is really clever. Mm. Um, they say there's too many cliches 
so there's the gay gay bashing, but it's not really gay bashing because it's the brother, it's it's the younger brother that gets the bashing, not Jessica yes. herself. Yeah. Um, it's the cliche of talking about body parts, um, but of course a thirteen year old is going to be curious about that if you're mm. if if his previous brother now wants to be his sister he yeah. wa- he wants to know what happens to the the added bits you know um there's lots of cliches in it of course mm. there is but that's um, what children need yes. to bring up the subject i thought it was a fantastic way of introducing the trans community to young to adults young teenagers children. young adults yeah. Yeah. yeah and and um then if they if they want to read more about it there are more detailed books written for young adults mm. that are because there. the point is that there are families and people have gone and are going and will go through this as well. Mm. And this happens. This is it. It does happen. And, uh, you know, this guy, Jason, who is now Jessica, was great at football. The girls were into him. And then, you know, that transition and what that means to the family and his brother as well. Look, everybody's entitled to their view and, you know, people have made their opinions quite clear on this. The thing that got me, um, I think, more angry than anything was that people hadn't read the book. Yes. so They had made the judgment before and they're going to hop on the bandwagon mm. and say, this is the... I saw somebody put up, this may be the worst book I've ever read. It was only published yesterday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, John Boyne was the man behind The Boy in Striped Pyjamas. We want to mention that. I really enjoyed this, I have to say. Margaret Madden, uh, young adult, my brother's name is Jessica. She enjoyed it, likes it. Margaret, thank you so much for dropping in again. We'll see you in the month of May. The River Boyne rises in County Kildare, yes, near Carberry in uh, the Midlands is where the Boyne rises. A tiny little trickle it begins and look at it, the size of it when it enters the sea just below Drogheda at Mornington. Incredible, isn't it? Anyway, Kildare we were looking for for the uh, book club book pack giveaway this month and the winner of those books, he's going to be busy, very busy reading. Oh, maybe it's she, he or she, what am I saying, he or she? Daryl Lyons, well done to you. Congratulations. Those books are yours and we'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Thank you very much for entering the competition. Happy reading and thanks to everybody who got in touch. Could be your turn next month. Now St. Patrick's Parish Soup Kitchen in Dundalk helps so many people. We want to help them now and you're going to hear why. Rose Bailey is on the line. Afternoon Rose. Hello, how are you? Thank you for giving us time. Not at all. Rose what's the problem? Well, the problem is um, our stocks are really, really low at the moment. We had a great appeal at Christmas, and believe it or not, our stocks have lasted from Christmas till now, which was unbelievable. Now, what I mean stocks, it's surplus items that we give each week to our food parcels, along with what we supply. And it was like extra tinned foods or pasta or sauces, tea, sugar, just that people donated Mm. all over the Christmas period. So I've posted a few pictures on Facebook. They've really, really, you know, depleted the stocks. So we're just asking another appeal if people can afford any item at all, non-perishable, that we could put towards our food appeal each week. This is fantastic that you're here talking to me today because I know the great work you and all the people there do and the people that depend on you as well. So it's like this. The shelves are bare, the cupboards are bare. We want non-perishable all the the uh, different foods that fall into that category there, anything you can donate to St. Patrick's Parish Soup Kitchen will be appreciated and appreciated by the recipients as well. Do you do you have numbers? How many people are in and out there that you help? Well, every Friday morning we give at least 150 food parcels out. My oh my. And that happens in the space of one hour. We open from half ten to half eleven and... 
150 parcels at least. By God, Rose, you'd never expect that number, would you? That's no, no. When we started this off, we didn't think this was going to escalate as big as it has. And, you know, the, the need is there and it's getting greater, unfortunately. So all help gratefully received. How do people donate? What's the most practical way for people to, to go? To, is it best to drop in? Yeah, well, items can be dropped into St. Patrick's Parochial House Monday to Friday, uh, half nine to five. Or they can be left in St. Patrick's or St. Nicholas's Church during Mass times. Just say they're for the soup kitchen and we can pick them up there. OK, so it's quite simple. Any time there, drop in, leave what you can and it'll go into the parcels each week and help people. The demand would uh, frighten you, wouldn't it? You, you're, you're oh, it's t- unbelievable. Yeah, you're led to believe like today, like there's, you know, people are doing so well. The employment is back up again. The bad days of the tiger are behind us. But obviously this speaks volumes. They're not. Oh, unbelievable. Like people really, really do need it, you know, and... We, we don't realise what's going to happen on behind closed doors. People yeah. don't have to be homeless to be yes. in need. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there just living on the edge. Yeah. And, you know, with mortgages to be paid, bills to be met, children to go to school and everything, you might look at a home and think, oh, they're doing fine in there. But, you know, yeah. the reality may be different, as you say, behind yeah. the door. Very, very. OK, so what we want is St. Patrick's Soup Kitchen, the parish soup kitchen in Dundalk, is in need of non-perishable goods across the board. Anything you can give, no matter how small or how large, whatever, they'll take it from you and it'll go to good use. Drop it into where Rose Bailey said there. I'm sure you're going to get a great response to this, Rose. Thanks a million. Thanks for giving us the time. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. That's Rose Bailey there from St. Patrick's Parish Soup Kitchen. Low on non-perishables. Can you help them? Yes, you can. Give them a dig out. They really appreciate it. Heading to the final break of uh, this Thursday afternoon on late lunch. Before I do, Louise, were you watching the football last night? Did you see the Tottenham uh, Man City game? No, but I heard a few roars from sitting room. Did you? <laughs> so I guess it was on the telly. Oh, I'll tell you this. Probably one of the greatest games of all time. Really? Why? Oh, well, Louise, Tottenham won. The, there's two legs in this, just to explain. Tottenham played City last week and they won 1-0 in their own stadium in London. And then they went away to Man City, who looked to be favourites to go through to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Went ahead 1-0 City. But my God, it was like a park game of football. It was three goals to two to City in the first 20-odd minutes of the game. Like, it was so open. You know, there was loads of goals. But Mm. at the very end, Tottenham got a goal towards the end. That would have sent them through, right, to the the, uh, last four of the competition. In the very last minute, roughly, in extra time, City scored to put them through. But the goal was disallowed with this VAR. You know where they go back to the television oh, no now way. and look and Aguero was just a fraction so offside. some people kicking the screens. So from ecstasy, Manchester City went to despair oh. and Tottenham went through. It was incredible, incredible so thinking game. you win the lottery for um, the two minutes, is it? My, yes, you're right. That actually is it, Louise. That feeling. You've just summed it up there in one. Fire service in Mead warning us what? An orange warning this weekend. Orange warning, uh, fire. Forest fires because of okay. the high um, temperatures. temperatures expected, up to 23 degrees. Dry weather as well. Yeah, so just be careful. Just it stays in that. place from, I think, lunchtime today right up to the 23rd. Okay, so no messing if you're out and about in the countryside because be it careful of will lighters or anything. Yeah. Absolutely. Up next on Late Launch, we'll have a wee word with a very important man this weekend. Yes, uh, the 
big festival, the Easter festival at Fairy House happening and Peter Rowe is the manager and he's joining us for a few minutes next. It was first run on Easter Monday 1870. Next year will be the 150th year of the Irish Grand National and Easter Monday this year. Yes, Fairy House is the place to be and I'm joined on late lunch by Peter Rowe. He's a busy man. He's the manager there. Afternoon, Peter. Good evening. How are things? Very good. Tell me this for a start. What's a man from Tipperary doing (laughs) managing a race course in Meath? I said, they let me in and uh, they haven't got rid of me just yet anyway. But look, as I said, to be associated with Ireland's greatest jump race, what more does a a man from any part of the world (laughs) want to be associated with? You know, they... As you said, the history of the race, 150 years next year. You think of the great horses that have won it, the, the Drapers family, the Arkle, Desert Orchid, you know, Bobby Joe, yeah. and the great local. The, the, really what I find is somebody from for, from outside is the success of, of the local families, you know. Yes. The Drapers, the Carberries, the Moors, mm. uh, Robbie Power, Lena Barney, you know, Dot Love. Yeah, what great local association in the history as well. But here, come back to that question that you're sidestepping on me there. You were in, in Tipperary before you came, the race course there to uh, Fairy House, yes? Yeah, I was, in, I was in Tipperary for 10 years and I loved it there. And then an, an, uh, an option came to come up here to Fairy House in a short-term basis initially. And then it's just... They haven't been able to get rid of me since. Still <laughs> trying hard, but not quite. <laughs> God, you have a long commute every day, haven't you? Yeah, look, as I said, it's, uh, you know, my family are in school. Uh, we're farming at home and, uh, and you know, it was just uh, the, one of these sacrifices that people commuting, but there's people from me going into the centre of town yeah. who take as long a commute as I do. True. So, look, there's no point. Mine is literally motorway for most of the way, so it's not quite so bad. Mm, mm. You know, it, it, it's about just short of two hours but there's an awful lot of people in County Meath doing the same into the middle of town so. Yeah that's that's a, a real good point talking about motorways let's talk about this track of a motorway you look after there at Ferry House um, uh, a year's a long time in racing uh, parlance but this time last year after all the snow and trouble we had easier this time round for you with the weather Every year has its own uh, issues you think that last year we raced a very wet day Easter Monday we lost Easter Tuesday the ground was heavy uh, there's a re- real slog, um, and uh, since last year we've run. This will be our twenty-first race meeting since last year. We haven't used the word soft or heavy since. We've watered for eight meetings since this time last year when we were flooded out, which would be unheard of. We watered in October. We watered in February. Now that's unheard of, mm. absolutely unheard of. We use the term "good." It's how ground is is judged. It goes from firm ground right the way to heavy ground and we've raced on good ground all winter that's unheard of you know we are really in uncharted times weather wise but yet if you look at the weather stats because Noel Fanning our foreman we record uh, weather for Met Aaron uh, our rainfall this year is actually a couple of mils more than we had last year which you wouldn't think it but yet that's what the rain gauge says so Mm. it's been an unbelievable 12 months but yet we were very fortunate. We put it, we did some watering last week uh, with some very heavy rain, as we all know, Sunday night through to Tuesday morning. Uh, we'd over an inch of rain. That has been a great help, giving us a great base. And but we will start putting on a bit of water again this evening because our aim is to produce lovely ground, good tea yielding is, is is our aim. Now. You have a lot of. If we talk about the football pitch analogy and Croke Park, which everybody knows, Croke Park by thirty-three is that the figure that, the that that's that's the figure that we use for 
we, we use two tracks here. We've our inside track and our main track. Our main track is approximately 22 times the size of Croke Park. Mm. And as, 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 and you know, the analogies with, 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 with pitches, like we've half-ton horses running around versus small players. And the other thing, as I love to compare it with, is with golf courses. When a golfer takes a big wedge of grass out, it goes back and puts it back. But I'm afraid horses and jockeys aren't coming <laughs> back the following day to repair their divots. So, you know, it's, it, there's an awful lot of unseen work goes in by a great team of, of ground staff that we have here who ensure that the ground is as optimum. I've never, and I can put my hand to my heart, we've never had the track looking as good heading into the Easter Festival because, you know, as a, the, the limited rainfall, the goodish growth, because our ground was good, the damage isn't as much as when ground is heavy. Yeah. So, you know, I could not be happy with the track, but the aim is now, is the most critical is, is, is the next... 72, 96 hours to ensure that we can maintain the ground like it is this morning. We had our clerk, of course, Brendan Sheridan, who is on behalf of the Turf Club and and the regulator, but he was here this morning, he was delighted with the track. Brendan is a unique distinction. He's the only jock, when, the only jockey who's won a Grand National on a Saturday when they ran the race in 86 on a Saturday on a horse called Paris Valley for Dermot Weld. So he knows the time of day. We walked the track this morning and he just, we could not be happier. I know Willie Mullins was, came up from Carlo last night to walk the track and he was pleasantly surprised so we're in a good spot and I'd just love to be racing this evening <laughs> Well you won't be you'll be racing on Monday <laughs> and I just wanted to have a quick word with you wish you all the best congratulate you and your team on the presentation of the course again this year and let's hope the National brings a more local success you've alluded to it there again this year but may the best horse win but Peter keep up the great work Well thank you very much to everyone and I said there's still uh, some offers available but just visit our website fairyhouse.ie for, for, for pre-race offers and look it's a love they're now giving a lovely evening on Sunday evening you know it is a historic race we also race here on Saturday or on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday children under 16 are free all three days there's plenty going on and don't forget we have the Dunboyne Most Stylish Lady competition ju- judged by Una Healy and that's going to be uh, on, on Monday and that'll be uh, plenty of people will be here to keep an eye on that too Absolutely good luck to you all thanks for joining me and Peter uh, Thank you very much thank Take you. care of yourself bye 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 that's Peter Rowe there manager of Fairy House ahead of the big racing weekend and remember Leon Blanche from Boyle Sports will be with us tomorrow on late launch to preview the sporting weekend including the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National That's a lot of late launch for this Thursday afternoon we're going to leave you in the company of Justin Timberlake and if you have the winner on Monday, yes, you can't stop that feeling. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that. Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. Come on, lock the way we rock it, so don't stop. And under the lights, when everything goes, nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we move, well, you already know. So just imagine. You, when you dance, 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 feel a good, good creeping 
FM podcasts. Brought to you with Cark Macross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark Macross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark Macross, or CarkMacrossCU.ie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.